interesting to say the least. Time is moving on very quickly. Um, but listening to God's voice is far more important than time, yes? And uh, I don't know, I just feel God speaking to me today. Uh, I don't know if you feel God speaking to you because he wants to speak to you if we just listen. And uh, one voice, one word from him is worth a thousand of anything I would say. And he wants to speak to you today. Um, I was just listening to Kay and this morning uh, I, I set the alarm for half past six. This has got nothing to do with my message so I'm wasting more time. Um, <laughs> I set my, my alarm clock for half past six so I could get up and read my message and get ready. And I did what you're not supposed to do. Look at your phone. And I looked at my phone first, and somebody had sent me an email with lots of, well, a number of old videos that had been transferred from old videotapes onto, onto computer. And they were of old services from MKCC. Um, and some went way back, even before the time that I came. I came in 1984. And one of the videos went back to, I think, probably 1983, maybe even 1982. And uh, there was a small group of people meeting in a small room in Eaglestone, across from the fish and chip shop, if anybody knows Eaglestone. And... Uh, I was listening and watching it. It was a bit nostalgic because I saw some people that I haven't seen for a long time. I've seen some, I saw some people maybe that are now with Jesus. But I loved the passion in the room. There was no big screens and nice comfy chair. I was, there was just a passion in the room. And the theme of the service was to reach the city for Jesus. And I thought, man, that's a great thing to do, yes? To reach, and, and Kay mentioned it, didn't he? We want every street, every house to know that Jesus is for them. And we stand on the shoulders of giants that made decisions way back then. Funnily enough, the same, that day, um, Pastor George wasn't there even then. He was off on mission in 1982. So some things never change, do they? <laughs> and the funny thing is, the other thing they did back then, and I didn't, I've, I've, it's never been done since I've been here. Maybe we should start, I don't know. But every week they used to announce the offering from the week before. And they announced that week that, uh, bear in mind, this is a small group of people, handful group of people, in a small room, and they announced the offering for the building fund the week before, 168 pounds. I mean, it wouldn't even get you one of them light bulbs now, I don't think. <laughs> but that seed led to where we are today. <laughs> this church will never be about leaders. <laughs> well, as long as we're around. This is not our church. Right. This is Jesus' church. 
And you can't control Jesus. And you can't control people. But we want to ignite something in people's lives, not to build a king, our kingdom, but to build his kingdom. And that's what we're here to do. And we will continue to do that as long as we possibly can do it. And we will pass the baton on in the same way as George passed the baton on to Pastor Mark. We'll pass it on to somebody else and we'll retire and watch back and think, great. We don't, we don't have to do that anymore. Because it is about Jesus and what he has done. And that's a little bit about my message today. I don't know how much of it I'm going to get through. But uh, we're coming to the close in Galatians. And uh, it's really been about this whole thing that Paul is stoked. I mean, it is one of the most emotional letters that could have been written. I mean, he is mad. You know what I mean? I can imagine me writing this letter. And uh, he's, he's, he's angry. And he wants to get his point across because... The gospel that he taught is being corrupted. The, in fact, the gospel that is being preached in the Galatian churches, he says, he says in, in Galatians 1 6, he says, it's a different gospel because it's being taught that Jesus is not enough to save you. You have to have Jesus plus. Jesus plus the law. Jesus plus rules. Jesus plus circumcision. I'm glad we don't need circumcision. Jesus plus all these things. And it's not enough that Jesus died on a cross and rose again and died for our sins and gave us his righteousness. And that's not enough. We have to do this other stuff as well to be accepted. And he's going absolutely apoplectic. And he's writing a letter to them to say, will you just listen? Have you ever, have you ever tried to get your point across to somebody and they just don't listen? And you know you're right, but they still won't listen. Do you ever get angry in them situations? I remember a few years ago, my son bought a, a car from a dealer in Aylesbury. I'll tell you the name later, so you don't go there. But it was a bit of a duff car, and within about a day of getting it, I realized it wasn't good, and it needed a lot of work doing on it. And so myself and his mother, Nicola, we decided we'd go with him back to the dealer, to talk to him about sorting this car out or taking it back or, or whatever. And so on the drive over, I said to Nicola, Nicola, you're going to have to do the talking <laughs> because I will lose it. I mean, if you know me, you know, I mean, Billy and his temper is not great. And so I will go mad. So I'll tell you what, I'll stay outside. I'll just wait and you go in and you do the talking. I'm sure it'll be okay. So I'm pacing outside up and down the forecourt, trying to make it look like I'm looking at cars. I'm looking in the window, and I can see, like, fingers going and, and that. And, and, and anyway, so I thought, I better go in. And so I went in, and the chap turned to me and said, Sir, if you don't control your wife, I'm going to phone the police. <laughs> and I've been living on that ever since. But the best of us, when it's something that's important to us, get annoyed, don't we? And Paul's getting annoyed because they're distorting this beautiful thing called the gospel, making it all about legalism rather than freedom. And, that, and he's really annoyed about it. And, and we get to this point towards the end of, uh, of Galatians. 
Uh, Galatians 6, verse 11, it says, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Just a bit of history. Although it says Paul wrote most of the New Testament and wrote the various letters, he didn't usually put pen to paper. Uh, the way that letters were done back then is that the team would sit down and talk about what they wanted to say, and they would discuss it, and they would maybe note down some points and everything. Then they would hire a scribe to actually write the letter out, out for them. And, and Paul is, 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 you can feel Paul's passion through the letter, but when you get to this last little bit, when he's closing it off, it's almost like he goes, give me the paper! I want to drive my point home. I'm going to sum the whole of this book up in a few verses. It says he wrote with big letters, and some people have speculated maybe it's because his eyesight wasn't good, or maybe it was because he got whipped and beaten and his hands were... I'm not sure, but he was almost embarrassed to write the letter, but he overcame his embarrassment to say, I don't care if you see all these big letters on this page because that's the only way I can write. You've got to hear this. And so I think what he's saying to us is important at this moment in time. And verse 12 of chapter 6, it says, It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. He said, these people want you to make a good impression outwardly. They're, they want you to show outwardly what's happening. We want you to look good. Who, who, who knows that's not the gospel? Do you know what I mean? That, that, that goes back to my time when I was growing up in the northeast of Scotland, and we had a, the Christians weren't called Christians back up in the northeast of Scotland. There was a name that was Gweed Living. That means good living. So that was the way that we had to describe, and so then we had to live good. That's a bit of a big thing to put on you, isn't it? It's, it was all about what the outward thing is. And we had all these rules and everything that we do, did. And to be a good Christian, you had to do, follow all these rules. Don't watch TV on Sunday. Don't go to football on Sunday. Don't do anything on Sunday except come to church. You remember all them rules? I was loads more. I can bore you all day with them. But so many to, to be a good showing it's a bit like that program, Mrs. Bouquet. Do you remember him? Her. <laughs> Mrs. Bucket. A bouquet. To, be good, to show everybody around it, everything's good. It's how we sometimes come to church on Sunday, isn't it? We've been arguing with the husband and kicking the cat, and, and then we get in, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so, a good showing, they want this, and, and only in order, why do they want you to be, give this good showing? In order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. He said, these, these rule makers, these Jewish sect, these people that want, and some of them should have known better. Some of them were, like Peter was one of them, and James, the brother of Jesus. I mean, even Jesus', Jesus brother got it wrong. And, and he, he's going, like, they, all they, want, they, they don't want to be just Jesus because they want you to have all these other rules from the Jewish thing so they won't get persecuted because of the cross. And when it's only about the cross, they were going to get persecuted. You with me? But when they took the cross and added all this Jewish stuff to it, of course, 
it saved the people. So they were, James wasn't going to get persecuted. Peter wasn't going to get persecuted. Because that's where most of the persecution happened in the early church. We all think about the Romans and Nero and the Colosseum. And, and, yes? Have you watched the same programs as I have? Anyway. And, but, but before that, it was mainly from the Jewish scholars and Pharisees that the persecution came. So they wanted to not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. Isn't it funny how people that always tell you all the rules don't keep rules themselves? They want you to keep all the rules that they're cool with. Yes? Beat, beat everybody up because I'm not following that rule because I'm okay with that rule. But actually, there's a whole load of other rules over here that you don't know about that I'm breaking, but because it's behind closed doors, you don't, I'm okay. So again, it's all about what we're like in front of other people. And so these people, they didn't even keep the rules. What did Jesus say that was? He said that was hypocrite. They were hypocrites because they wanted everybody else to keep rules, but they didn't keep them themselves. And Paul wants to convince his hearers that Christianity is about inward change, not external observation, uh, observance. It's a substantial change in the inside that God starts to take around and make a difference in our life. It's an inside-out type of thing, not an outside-in type of thing. Sometimes I think we're more, more comfortable boiling our Christianity down to trying to follow some rules rather than be entering into a relationship with Jesus. I worry that sometimes we're like that. Sometimes it's easier just to follow the, latest rule, the list of rules than it is for Jesus to come in and live and change us from the inside out to actually make a difference in this. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about something called supernatural living. And we're going to go back into chapter 5 and look at the, the fruit of the Spirit and how the Spirit grows the fruit of love, joy, patience. And it's not something we sit down and we determine to be patient, but God working within us as we join hands with Him and the Spirit working within us to grow this in us from the inside out. And too many of us try to do it from the outside in. And if you try to do that, you're going to fail. But to enter into that relationship with Jesus. And Paul sees these people, verse 14, and, and here's the, the main part of what I, I want to say. Is that far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Far be it from me to boast or brag about anything or rejoice in anything or glory in anything except the cross of Christ. These Jewish people, they gloried and boasted in the fact that they followed some rules and they got other people to follow some rules. And Paul says, even though, because I remember when he spoke to the Philippians, he said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm perfect. I'm doing all these things. I counted all but loss to gain Christ. And, and, and he's saying, I don't want to boast in the fact that I follow these rules and I'm a good person. I want to boast in the fact that Jesus Christ came into the world and died for me on the most shameful thing that ever happened. He took my sin on him and became sin for me and took all the righteousness that he had and he gave it to me. 
That's what happened. Rules don't, don't matter. That's what he says. It doesn't matter if it's uncircumcision or circumcision. It doesn't matter squat. It's about the cross of Christ. And we boast humbly in that. It says, and by that cross, we, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, I am now dead to the world and the world is dead to me. There's nothing in this world that has got a hold on me anymore because I am only glorying in the cross of Christ. And it's been everything else is gone. There's nothing in this world that's got a hold on me. Career, cars, houses, relationships, whatever it is, nothing holds me anymore because I'm boasting in Christ's cross. I read, uh, it probably won't come across as passionate as I can Put it, but I, I read an old hymn this uh, week uh, by a ninth, ninth century uh, monk, um, and it's called In Honor of the Holy Cross. And uh, I'll maybe put it on Facebook later so you can sit and think about it, but it crushed me, this, Jesus, so that I may be your victim, your crucifixion now consumes me whole and your passion soothes worldly agitation it destroys sin it suppresses anger it restrains speech it restores words of piety or humility would be another word. It pacifies the mind. It encourages honorable life. That's what the cross of Christ does. I think that sums it up better in any way that I could sum it up. Or maybe to bring it up to a more recent uh, hymn or song, uh, that's only probably, I don't know, a couple of hundred years old, not the ninth century. Um, I always live in the past, sorry, but um, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain, I can't what loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Paul came face to face with the cross of Jesus Christ and his life could never be the same. He couldn't live for anything in this world anymore. There was nothing of value, nothing worth having, nothing worth pursuing, no cause, nothing. He said earlier in the passage in, in, in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Now don't, don't 
Don't miss this. Paul wasn't some supernatural, incredible, uh, spiritual person that didn't have any problems. He says to the Romans, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. So he failed sometimes, yes? But this was his vision for life. And even in the moments where he got it wrong, he brought his eye back to the cross and said, this is all about his, Jesus' kingdom. It's all about what he did on the cross. And religious and moral statements, uh, failures or attainments don't matter. Verse 15, verse 15, for neither circumcision counts nor anything, nor circumcision, but a new creation. And that's what happens when we get to know Jesus. We become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, he's speaking to the believers in Corinth. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Or, or that word could be create creature. You're a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God. It's not something that he did. It's something that God did. We can't become a new creature. We, it's impossible for you to become a new creature. I understand that some people think they can now be a cat. We won't go there. But you cannot, I don't care what you say, you can't become a new creature. But something happens in your life when Jesus comes along. And he's saying, I'm going to change all this stuff. You don't come into my, 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 uh, my kingdom by religious, at, uh, religious attainment. You don't come into my kingdom by religious failures. You come into my kingdom because I have created something new within you that is growing and nothing could put out and as we work with the spirit he is changing us from the inside out and he is creating a supernatural life in us as we look at the cross and that foundation is found in the cross that's where we see it we've got to keep on coming back to him and lay our lives before him 16 my time's gone 616 and as for all who walk by this rule, it's interesting he uses the word rule. They're trying to put loads of rules on people, yes? And he says, but there's this rule. What's the rule? To boast in the cross of Jesus Christ and to be crucified and made dead. If you live by that rule, peace will come into your life. Because nothing in this world is anything for you anymore. Peace and mercy invades your life. That's what we see in this thing. But as I pray, let me just read. Close your eyes. I just want to read this passage in the message again. Let this be your prayer today as I speak. For my part, I'm going to boast about nothing but the cross of our master, Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, I have been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. Can't you see the central issue in all this is not what you and I do Submit to circumcision, reject it. It's what God is doing. 
and he is creating something totally new, a free life. All who walk by this standard are the true people of God, his chosen people. Peace and mercy be on you. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your incredible sacrifice. We thank you for your power in our lives every day. And we say again, we look at the cross and we pour contempt on any pride that we have. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week.